Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone today and uh, on our graduate recognition service. And uh, I'm just so thankful for those two young ladies and uh, just watching them grow and watching them um, continue to um, uh, strive to be uh, more like Christ each and every day. And uh, I know the future is bright for them. And uh, as uh, Becca will be attending Anderson University, and uh, Miss Emily will uh, be taking the short trip uh, up to uh, RIT up in New York, up in Rochester. And uh, so uh, uh, if, if you guys will, pray for Miss Tammy and Mr. Howard in the months to come uh, as uh, she begins that next chapter and so proud of her and, uh, and her accomplishments as well and uh, just looking forward to what, what God is going to do through them. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, we are going to continue to, um, to look as we study through the book of 1 Timothy and um, we come on chapter 4, uh, and we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 16 today. And we're going to see Paul's advice and his words of wisdom uh, to young Timothy as he continues to pastor and lead uh, the church there at Ephesus. Uh, and Paul's words to Timothy are going to help continue uh, to develop and help him grow as a leader. And we read these words. In verse 11, he says, Command and teach these things. Let no one look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And I think it's just neat that as we celebrate and as we recognize our graduates, uh, that we fall upon chapter 4 in this series. It's, it's nothing that we've done. It's, it's what God uh, had established and God had put together long ago, even before we even uh, thought about going through this, that we fall upon this chapter that, who begins with Paul reminding him, that reminding young Timothy that uh, there are going to be th- people... There in those first couple of chapters, there's going to be people that will 
walk away, that will depart from their faith in the later days. Uh, and they will buy into false doctrines and false teaching and those things because they, they were not grounded, they will turn aside to these things. And in verses 6 through 10, he reminds Timothy and all to have nothing to do with irreverent or silly myths and all this stuff that really has no place in the church, no place in a believer's life, not to get so caught up with these things that he may hear from others, even those that may be part of the congregation, to the point where he doesn't focus on the important things, the things that are of most important. And we see here in these short verses, and all there's four qualities of a good leader that others will want to follow. And so in the first thing about leadership and the qualities of a leader is, we see in verse 12, is that leaders lead by example. Leaders lead by example, not just what they say, but how they live their life day to day. How they live their life amongst those that they are shepherding, those that they are leading. Paul tells Timothy to set an example for believers in five key areas that Paul stressed was really important for young Timothy, who was a young pastor. He was... they. Scholars say probably in his mid-30s and all, but in these days, uh, that was considered very young for a pastor. Even today, that's fairly young for a pastor, someone who is leading a congregation. But he said, and he kind of pinpointed, there's five key areas. And all, if you will set an example for those that you serve, for those that you lead in these areas you're going to be fine. He says these five areas are speech, life. Now your translation may say conduct. Love, faith, and impurity. And as Timothy consistently set the example in these areas, it would not only help those that he's leading, but it would also encourage those that he was leading to do the same thing. If you are in any place of leadership whether it be your job, whether it be your home, whether it be uh, here at the church. You know, if you will lead by example, not be perfect, but strive to lead by example in these five areas, I believe that God will do great things in and through our lives. In speech, he was telling Timothy, be careful what you say and how you say it. Be careful in the way that you, you talk to others. Be careful in the words that come out of your mouth. Because we know from the Gospels, and all Jesus said, and all that what's in our heart comes out in our speech. Let me ask you a question. If I were to go to those that, that you work with, 
those that are closest to you, and I, I would ask, hey, how so-and-so? You know, how, how do they conduct themselves when it comes to, to the way they talk and, and speak around, uh, around you? Would their response be encouraging? Or would it be discouraging? Because you can say the right thing and say it the wrong way, and it be totally wrong. Because the attitude of your heart, the attitude in which you say it. He goes on and he says, set the example for believers in in life. Let your life be lived out in such a way that it causes people to want to learn more and want to follow you because of the way they see you living. How's our conduct, folks? Now, we're not going to be perfect. We're not always going to make the right decision. But there should be a consistency. As a follower of Christ, there should be a consistency in the way that we live our life that draws people to Jesus instead of pushing them away from Jesus. That draws them, the gospel is used to draw them to the cross instead of away from the cross. The third area that he talks about here is, is love. Talk about how you care for people. Do you, have, do you show compassion when compassion is needed? Do you show tough love when tough love is, is needed? You know, we can love people and not agree with them. You, you do understand that, right, church? You know, we can hold firm to our biblical convictions and love people for who they are, for who God created them to be and not agree wholeheartedly with the way they're living, with what they're saying, with what they believe. How do we love people? That love meter, how is that that for your co-workers? How is that love meter going for... Your family, moms and dads, kids. How's that love meter going for your, for your parents? Not just when they're giving you things and encouraging you, but when they're disciplining you as well. Do you appreciate that? That you hold, they hold you accountable. And then he goes on and he says, set the example for believers in faith. He's talking here about, to Timothy, about being faith, his faithfulness to what God has called him to do. Not so much his faith in salvation, but the faithfulness and consistency in how he leads. And on what example... Is he 
leaving in that area. And then purity. And that's, that's pretty simple there. Set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. I'll never forget 24 years now. I know this is the verse that God just led me to. To kind of be the, the driving force, to be the, the purpose of our student ministry here at Crossroads. Is that if we could set the example of Jesus Christ for our middle school and our high schoolers. In these areas of life, if we could help them and all be transformed into to genuine disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, that is what we were going to be about. And for the most part, we've succeeded. Have we failed as leaders sometimes? Sometimes, absolutely. Have we made mistakes? Have we not loved the way that we should? Have we, has our speech, has our, the, our compassion toward others not been what it should be at times? Absolutely. But I can tell you, over the last 24 years, if you were to talk to any former or present student... One of the things that they would say is that those that have led, those that have been my, my Sunday school small group leader, those that have been our youth leaders on Wednesday night, those that have been discipleship leaders, I may not always wanted to hear what they had to say, but I appreciated and I respected what they had to say because I knew at the end of the day, they loved me. They loved me. I think back to Don McGinty, who's gone on to be with the Lord. And for years, Don taught our high school boys Sunday school class. And Don was, when he started, I mean, he was well in his 50s. And you had all these, at the time we had about seven or eight, nine, ten high school guys. And... At first, and all, I don't know that they knew how to respond to Don, but it didn't take long for them to understand and all, that if there was ever anything going on in their life, they could call Don, and he was praying for them. Even when they didn't call Don, Don was praying for them. Each and every day. And they knew that Don was preparing for that, that Sunday's lesson all week long because it was important for him, to him, that they knew that he wasn't just going through the motions, but he loved them enough that he wanted to speak truth into their life. And he wanted to help challenge them and encourage them and grow them. And in Timothy's situation, and all that's exactly what Paul was saying is, man, and all you're young. And I know that this isn't, you know, you've been on the mission field with me for 15 years before going into this position. But to a lot of people that you're going to be leading, you're still considered young. And the best way to earn their respect and their honor. And so, so they have no doubt that they'll follow you wherever you lead. It's to lead by example. 
John MacArthur says this about leadership. He says, the single greatest tool of leadership is the power of an exemplary life. Leaders lead by example. That's the first quality we see here. Second thing we see in verse 13 is that leaders continue to grow and teach. Leaders who fail to continue to grow will not only hurt themselves, but also eventually hurt those that they are leading. You say, well, what do you mean by that? It's simple. You can't lead someone further than you've been yourself. You can't teach someone any more than what you know yourself. So it's important as leaders, if you're a, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you are a discipleship leader, if, if you teach and disciple life, if you're a parent in this room today, a grandparent, it's important that you continue to grow personally yourself so that you can share what God is teaching you with those around you, whether that be your kids, your grandkids, your Sunday school class. You can't lead someone further than you've been yourself. So if you're not growing, if you're not, if you're not studying the Word, if you're not continuing to, as Paul says here, devote yourself in the public reading of Scripture to exhortation and teaching, then there's, there's going to be a point where what you know and what you can teach and what you can share stops if you're not growing. And here's the truth. When we're not growing, we're not staying still. We're either growing and we're moving forward in our faith. We're moving forward in, in who we are as a leader. Or we're moving back. There is no neutral when it comes to growing in your faith. To living out your faith. You can't lead someone further than you've been yourself. And here's something that I've learned over the years. You can't grow in the Scriptures if you aren't in the Scriptures yourself. It's impossible to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God if you are not personally taking time each and every day to spend time in God's Word. One of the things that, that we drive home, the several things that we drive home with our students over the years is this, the importance of a daily quiet time. When we go to somersault this summer, each and every year, one of the key elements of their, of their daily routine is that after a little bit of worship in the morning, students go out. And they've got a daily quiet time that's been prepared for them that they read through, that they study, that they glean from, that they, they write down application. Each and why? Because it's important. And the younger we learn that, the importance of the scriptures, the better we are. We can't grow in the scriptures if we aren't in them ourselves. And here's another thing, as a leader, you can't expect someone else to be in the Scriptures if you as a leader are not digging in and immersed in it on a daily basis as well. 
Don't expect someone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself as a leader. Verse 14, we see the third characteristic, the third quality of a leader. He tells Timothy, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. He goes on in verse 15. Leaders do not neglect their gifts. Timothy had a gift. He had a calling on his life to lead and to pastor and to serve the church at Ephesus. And I I understand that there, there are times in ministry... For those of you that, that don't understand, there are times in ministry when your pastors have rough days. There are times in ministry when your pastors have rough weeks. There are times in ministry when your pastors have rough seasons. Where there's discouragement, there's doubt. Am I really qualified to do what God is calling me to do? And as a congregation, one of the best things that you can do for your pastors is pray for them daily. Pray for their protection. Pray for that they will be encouraged. Pray that they will be strengthened in their walk and in their calling. And Paul understood that there would be times that Timothy, and possibly even times as he was writing this letter to Timothy, that Timothy might have been discouraged by what was going on in the church. I mean, there was, like I said, there was false teaching going on behind the scenes. There were some that were buying into that and had kind of departed from the faith that they said that they that they claim to have. Paul reminds him not to neglect the gift that God had given him. Not to give up when things are hard. Over my 24 years of ministry here at Crossroads, I watched multiple friends, multiple Co-workers who have gotten so discouraged that they walked away from the calling that God placed on their life. Why? Because for them it just got too hard. It got too hard. Or maybe for some of them because... There wasn't that accountability in their life. They fell into that temptation and they didn't set that example of purity in their life. And not only did they hurt themselves, they hurt the ones that they served. And they hurt their families. And I'm telling you, it's, it's tough watching another minister that have that has fallen in that area of purity and watch what it does to their families. 
I saw it up close and personal in my own life. My own youth pastor that I grew up with, that I loved, that I learned from, didn't have that accountability set around him, didn't have those folks in his life that could ask him anything. And over a period of time, he fell in that area of purity. Slowly, over time, like a slow fade, got addicted to images on the internet. You say, how can that happen to a to, to minister? Because ministers are people too. Because we have the same temptations. We have the same struggles as you do. The only difference is that God has put a specific calling on our life. And here's the thing. It's important that we have people around us. That accountability that has total access to our lives to ask us anything. It's because of several situations in my own life and all that, that I've got, I've got a buddy of mine that I love dearly in the ministry. And he can ask me anything at any time. And I've got to be honest with him. Because here's the thing, accountability only works when we're honest and transparent. 100%. And that goes for us as believers too. Guys, men in this church, do you have at least one other person in your life that you trust and that you love that has 100% access to ask you anything at any time of your life simply because they love you. Ladies, how about you? Do you have those, that person in your life? Do you have that other lady in your life that helps hold you accountable, helps ask you the, the tough questions, helps encourage you and all when you're feeling down. Helps just listen when you need to just vent. <laughs> now I know y'all don't vent, and uh, like like I do sometimes. But but that person to lean on. Leaders don't neglect the gifts. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, and all God gives us a spiritual gift that, that He has given us simply for the fact of equipping others around us and bringing God glory with it. So I ask you a question today. What are you doing with the gift or gifts that God has given you? Are you using it in such a way that it brings God glory and it equips and encourages and exhorts others in such a way that it draws them closer to the cross and helps them fall more in love with Jesus. 
Leaders who do not neglect their gifts do that. Are you using your gift or neglecting it? One of the things which we like to do with our, to our students, and all, when we see them that gifts and talents that they have, is to encourage them to use it and all for something outside of themselves, to use it for God, to use it for the ministry, to use it for the advancement of the kingdom. And what an awesome testimony, that, as we saw this morning, as these young people got up here, some of them very nervous. Using a gift and talent that God has given them. And I, for one, am thankful that we have a church that is willing to give them a platform to grow that gift and talent and to use that in such a way to encourage others around them. My question today is this for you. Are you using your gift or neglecting it? If you're neglecting it, why are you neglecting it? You say, I don't know what my gift is. No. There, as you walk in on Sunday mornings, you're greeted by people who have that gift of exhortation and that gift of encouragement and and they, they come in, you come in to smile and a welcome. Hopefully, that's our goal, right? And that's their gift. They're using that to be used by God each and every week. And the last thing we see here in verse 15, he says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Leaders continue to put the things that they learn into practice. You know, growing up as an athlete, you know, I was always taught, you know, practice makes perfect, right? You know, uh, if, if you're, the more you practice, the more you're going you're gonna to hone in on that craft. The more you're going you're gonna, to, you know, find the things, the weaknesses in what you do. To make it better. And the only way that you can do that is to put that into practice on a daily basis. The only way that you can become a a better leader and a stronger leader is to put these things into practice on a daily basis. If you start anywhere, just start in those five areas that Paul shared with Timothy. When he says, set the example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and purity. That's a good starting point. In order to become a better football player, I had to practice. Even when I didn't want to. Even when it was hot. And we were in three days with all this gear on. And there was a part of me that did not want to be out there. But I knew in order to become better, I had to push through those times. And there's times in leadership when we don't feel like leading. There's going to be times you don't feel like leading at home. Guess what? Just push through. Just lead anyway. There are times 
I don't feel like doing some of the chores at the house, but I do them. Why? Because I want a happy wife. Because <laughs> a happy wife leads to a happy life. You know what they say? Today is actually our anniversary, 18 years. Incredible. That she has put up with me for that long. <laughs> Says my neighbor up the street. <laughs> uh, I don't always like to cut the grass or do yard work, especially when it's 95 degrees on Thursday and Friday in the afternoon. Thankfully, I've got a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old that's old enough now that you know, we can put them to work sometimes. And they do a good job. But leaders continue to put these things into practice. Practice may not always make perfect, but it will help you become a stronger leader. Athletes know this as good as anybody. And then he ends up, he says, keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. Over the years, our goal is that our high schoolers, our juniors and seniors, they are the ones that, that set the tone and lead by example. But it doesn't always happen that way because growing older and growing mature doesn't always happen. And there have been times that, and I've, in times of challenge, I've challenged our students over the years. If the older kids aren't going to lead by example, and you're in middle school, or you're eighth grader or ninth grader, and on you're ready to lead and you're willing to lead, step up and lead. And that will either encourage them to lead as they should. Or they'll just, fall, they'll just fall by the wayside. But somebody's got to lead. And over the years, we've been, we've been grateful. And we've been blessed to have young people who lead other young people in this church. I'll never forget. And here's the thing about leadership. You, you think that, well, I'm not qualified. I'm, just, I'm not an extrovert. So, in order to be a leader, you've got to be an extrovert. And that's not always true. Because introverts need leaders that are introverts as well. I'll never forget, I share this story. I watched at camp one year. And as a youth pastor, you love this because you see... God working in, in other students' lives. I'd watch high schoolers come to this young 8th grade kid who's in middle school. I'm talking about like ninth, 10th graders, 11th graders who had relationship issues, who were having friendship issues. And on, they'd come to this 8th grader by the name of Tyler Estes who led by example all his life Thank his mama for that. No, I'm just kidding. Thank his parents for that. 
But I'll never forget watching them and, and just sitting there off to the side and listen to him share things that was much more mature than what his age would usually dictate. I watched a young man by the name of Austin Graham who had the worst handshake you could ever possibly think as a sixth grader. <laughs> he'd come in and I think he'd just do it on purpose. And I'd say, Austin, how you doing? And he'd just give me this like dead fish handshake. But man, I watched him as he understood that God had gifted him to be a leader in ways that he would have never thought. He picked up a guitar and he turned on YouTube and he taught himself how to play worship songs. And he became our worship leader when, when it became time for Nathan to graduate. Not Nathan, but, uh, but Brad Powell. And simply go from just a kid that like to be kind of goofy and funny to now just this past fall, I think it was, he was ordained into the ministry. He's a youth pastor over in Spartanburg. Tyler now pastor of a church over in the Chesney area. Why? They set the example. How are you doing when it comes to setting an example for those around you? That God has placed you around to lead. Are you using your gift to help them fall more in love with Jesus and draw people to the cross? Or are you simply wasting what God's given you? Can I challenge you today? Don't waste what God has given you to be used by Him to do things that are bigger and greater than yourself. You may be a parent, you may be a nurse, you may be a course teacher. And I'll close with this. One of the greatest examples of a leader among young people I saw at Malden High School when Pam Mayfield was a course teacher. I've never been to course concerts where kids had so much fun singing. And you can tell they loved it. Why? How did, how did they enjoy loving things that maybe some of them didn't like singing? It's because of the leadership that she put out in front of them every day. To enjoy life, to have fun, and all using the gifts that God had given them. And now continuing to use her in our own community there in Malden with the community choir. God's given you a gift. I want to encourage you. Use it and set an example for others around you to lead. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. 
God, I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the opportunity to, to lead here at Crossroads. And Father, I pray that as leaders, whether we're Sunday school teachers, whether we're discipleship leaders, men's ministry, women's ministry leaders, or pastors on the staff, may we never take for granted the opportunity to lead by example. May we never take for granted the opportunity that you have given us from your word to continue to grow in our faith so that we can continue to teach others about the things that you have taught us. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Jack to come on up here. How's your leadership? You say, I'm not a leader, I'm a follower. How's your fellowship? How are you following Jesus? If there's a decision that you need to make, maybe today your, your decision is, I need to become a follower of Jesus so that I can become the leader that God has called me to be. Maybe that's your decision. If so, we'd love to talk to you about that. The best decision you'll ever make, hands down. And the best thing about it is he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Not as a believer, not as a leader. You, you respond. If there's things that you need to pray about and all the altars here, we'd love to pray with you about those things. And, uh, so I'm going to ask Pastor Jack to come on up here, Corey. If you want to stand over there as well. Let's stand together as we sing. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.